The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Latter-day Lives podcast. We are so thrilled you decided to join us once again this week. Thank you so much. This is episode 14. My name is Sean Rapier. I am your host, and we have got the best interview. It is just awesome. Our guest on the show this week is Monica Moore-Smith, and my conversation with her, is she is just delightful. I mean, absolutely an incredible young lady. At the age of 20, all the things that she's accomplished. Uh, for our listeners who, who listen every week, which we hope you will, <laughs> a few weeks back we had Clint Pulver, who played Elder Kessler in Saturday's Warrior, and uh, Monica Moore-Smith played uh, Julie in Saturday's Warrior. And we just were so thrilled. I want to give a special thanks to Stephanie Goodman, Friend of the show, also for those who listen every week. See what you miss out on if you don't listen every week. Kels Goodman was in studio, just an awesome, awesome film director a few weeks back. And if you haven't heard his episode, please go check it out. He is an amazing guy. Uh, Stephanie is his wife and is one of the most connected people in Mormondom. And I had wanted to have uh, Monica Moore Smith on the show and Stephanie connected me with her. And so special thanks to Stephanie, the great Mormon connector. We really appreciate it. And then in the My Latter-day Life section, I'm going to be talking a little bit about media and some things that have been happening lately that are on my mind. So once again, thank you so much for joining us. Sit back, relax, and without any further ado, here is this week's conversation. Today on the podcast, we are really excited to have a special guest. Uh, this is a singer. She is an actress. She is a, a model. She is all kinds of just famous, famous, and we're so grateful. In fact, she is so talented that she had to have three names to contain oh all of her talent. Whoa. Monica Moore Smith is with us. Monica, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. That was an introduction. I don't. I'm very <laughs> flattered right now. Cool. I'll tell you. So, so tell our, our listeners, Monica Moore Smith. You go by Monica Moore Smith. I do. That's a mouthful, but yes, like the whole shebang. Yeah. So, what is what is the background on using three names? On using three names, um, re- well. Moore is your middle name? Moore is my middle name. It is my mother's maiden name. And that kind of started because, I don't know, like, originally when I was younger, I had a phase where I used it because I was like, oh, it's cool because no one else uses their middle name and I want it to be different. But then as I became an actress, you know, like, if you go on IMBD, like... Or, like, if you look at SAG, like, there's a bunch of Monica Smiths. Oh, that's really wise. But there aren't a lot of Monica Moore Smiths. And I'm the only one on Instagram. And, well, there's one other one on Facebook, but she's not an actress, so it doesn't matter. So that was, like, part of the reason was, like, it, like, gave it a little more of, like, a performance feel. So, like, an actor title. But also just, like, if I get, you know, if I decide to choose to have a SAG card, I won't have to change my name. That is so wise. I wouldn't have thought of that. Because yeah. if someone says, do you know Monica Smith? 
Maybe. Do you know Monica Moore Smith? Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Very, there very smart. Go. So tell us a little bit about Monica Moore Smith. Where were you born? I was born in Boca Raton, Florida. Boca Raton. Yes. Mouth yes. of the rat. How, <laughs> Good old. I've always wondered about that. I've yeah. actually spent a lot of time in Boca Raton. Did you really? Yeah. I used to go out there about uh, every two months. I used to work with Office oh Depot. Gosh. And Office Depot is based, Holy based right out there. I didn't so I used know to go that. Out there quite a bit. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like little New York out there. Yeah. So. The, in fact, the world's best deli the best deli i've ever been to it's called vns deli Ooh. it's a bunch of uh a bunch of true italian guys <laughs> who have an italian deli who moved from new york out to boca well that makes a lot sense. of new yorkers in boca yeah they were they the are. nicest guys good sandwich anyway how <laughs> long did you live in boca uh not super long i was little so we moved here when i was like about five mm. but my dad you know well like would work in florida a lot yeah. so we'd go down and visit and stuff cool but yeah but you moved to utah when you were five yeah when i was little so like yeah. i say i'm a floridian because it makes me sound more diverse <laughs> but really i'm a utah i'm like very much a utah girl that's awesome and did you move to linden when when you were five, like, have you always been in Linden or have you moved no. around in Utah? I've moved around in Utah, oh. like Utah County quite a bit. We moved around yeah. like Provo, Orem, Eagle Mountain, American Fork, just kind of everywhere. Yeah. But Linden has been for a couple years now. So like, awesome. it's nice to be in one place for a little bit. <laughs> so one of the cool, cool things, Monica and I have never met before. But we're in the same stake. We live literally down the we street live, from each other. We live like uh, two blocks from each I other. I drive fact, by your house like every day and I did not know. And I was watching one of your videos like two weeks ago and little did I know I was driving by your house. What the heck? Is that so funny? So, I know. So literally uh, in anywhere other than Utah County, we'd be in the same ward. Exactly. Anywhere but else. But in Utah be. County, we're... we're one ward apart. So we know, know a lot of the same people. So in fact... Uh, this will tell you how old man I am. Uh, <laughs> my wife, we just found out, my wife was in the young women's presidency for our stake while Monica was in young women's. So mm -hmm. that so is she got awesome. all the dirty secrets on me. That's <laughs> awesome. So you grew up in Linden. How many siblings do you have? Um, I've got three older sisters and two younger brothers. I don't know why that took me so long to figure out. So you're right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I, I share the middle spot. I don't even have my own middle spot. <laughs> I gotta share that. I gotta fight for that. I'm the same way. We have. I'm one of four, and so oh. we, have, we have two middles. I feel you. Yeah. Ya. Are you pretty? Are you pretty close with your siblings? Yeah, I think you know. I think it's interesting because I feel like we're all like. I feel like a lot of families kind of like share all of the same, you know, like similar interests and stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. not all of them, but like I feel like my family we're all very diverse except maybe my sister who's closest to me like in age mm -hmm. she's also a performer but i'm even on the more film side but my other sister's like into editing and my other sister's like into landscaping like mm. for the temple you know and my brothers are just young and That's love awesome. food so you know <laughs> we're all very different it's really interesting i think you just described every young man i've ever met true they love food That's what <laughs> and that's they live me for. too that's i'm still awesome. that way so and you are 21 years old? I just turned, well, not just, like a couple months ago, I turned 20. 20. So I just You're barely made it out old. of the 19 teenager No longer phase. a teenager. I That's know. a big deal, right? That's a big deal. That's really cool. I feel old. So you are also officially the youngest guest uh, ever to be on the podcast. Wow. You own that title. I, for now, <laughs> don't invite anyone else on yes. that's younger than me. <laughs> so how did you get started in acting, singing? I, I'm just going to call it performing because you are performing. one of those who does it all. 
I have, I have friends who are actors. I have friends who are dancers, who are mm-hmm. singers, but you do it all. When did you know you were a performer? Um, really, it was, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, when I was like three or once I, you know, came out as a child, like I knew I was a performer. But for me, I was like, I was a shy tomboy. I didn't like brushing my hair. I love sports. I like, I did karate. I toured and competed with that. Like, when did you start karate? I started like the day I turned five because that was the, the, old or the youngest you could be to start and I wanted to do it so badly and so like as soon as I turned five we like went over to the dojo and like signed me up for classes because I was so pumped and you really got far you competed yeah I competed and I like toured around and I I remember even I joined uh the the demo team which was at my dojo like the highest team or whatever and you've got all these adults and I'm like this little kid and they didn't even have a gi the gi that's like yeah. what you wear like they didn't have one that even fit me because like everyone was <laughs> old <laughs> so I'm just like this little squirt going around punching people with all this rage I don't even know it's funny That's so fun does the rest of your family do karate Um I think I think at this point everyone in my family has at a point done karate Right So my little brothers are actually they just got their black belts wow. which is super exciting but no one else is currently taking it. No. Oh, that's awesome. What did you love about karate? Like, what kept you in it? Um, I mean, part of it, I feel like, like, as a girl growing up, like, I wasn't one that was like, oh, my gosh, boys are so cute. Like, I was like, that's stupid because I'm young and I'm not going to get married for a long time. So I don't need to worry about that. So and like a lot of like girls that you know i don't know like i didn't wear cool clothes like the girls in my ward didn't really like me so i think part of like the appeal to like karate was i didn't need to like be beautiful to be you know respected and it was about my abilities and what i could do you know with my body and training and like you. you know practicing and doing all like we were in the demo team. We were, like, assigned workouts that we had to do, and we had to, like, fill out a whole form. Otherwise, they kick you off. So it was, like, pretty strict. And so I love being able to, like, prove myself in a way other than just, like, oh, I have cool clothes from Kohl's or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, so for our listeners, because this is not a video podcast, <laughs> like, this is surprising to me because you're so oh, put yeah. together, you know? And I watch <laughs> your you. YouTube videos getting ready. You're, yeah. You seem a little bit girly girl. I I am a girly girl. You for girl sure now. are. And so I love that I've got uh I've got a daughter who did karate for a while and <gasps> awesome. and just loved it. And I just love that you had that side of you. I would not have guessed yeah. it though. Yeah, most people most people like when I tell them like yeah. I was shy and like like hated showering they're like what no and now i'm like wearing red lipstick and you know so when when monica showed up i said wow you are the most put together of (laughs) any of our guests ever most of my guests show up in an old t-shirt and whatever so yeah Oh, that's that's awesome. And and you were raised in the church? Is your whole family? Yes. You got you're all members of the church? Yeah. So raised, born and raised. Long history in the church? Yeah. So I'm actually direct descendant of Samuel Smith, Joseph's brother. Direct descendant direct of Samuel descendant. Smith. Wow. <laughs> not to brag, but <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good line though. That's yeah. not bad. So did you always know that or is this something you guys found out? 
Um, as far as I've been alive, I've known that. Like, they have reunions where they'll get, like, as many people together as possible. They're, like, just massive reunions of anyone who's, like, in the direct line of Samuel or Joseph. So that we've been to those. Awesome. Those are fun. Yeah. I would change it from Monica Moore Smith to Monica Moore, yes, that Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Like, exactly. No, I'm a. Yes, li- I'm the Smith. Smith. The Smith. I'm not when just you're looking a replica. Smiths, yeah, it's the Smith. The original. So when so you were doing karate, and this at some point you shifted from karate into performing. Do you think that karate, like being on the the show team, did you kind of get a little bit of the bug there performing? Um. I mean, yeah, in a sense, because like we do parades and we would be on stage. So I think yes. But, like, I was super confident into karate, in karate performing, but, like, segueing into theater, it terrified me. When? How old were you when you made that, made that um, transition? I, I really, like, really got into it in high school. But, like, when I was little, like, I would – I dabbled in it yeah. or, like, if it was, like, oh, here's a talent show and, like – you know, I was the kind of kid who, like, hid in the garage, in the car, <laughs> shut the door so no one would hear me sing. Wow. And so, like, I would have to be, like, it would be, like, no, no way, I'm not performing. And then my mom would be, like, I'll give you ice cream. And then I'll be, like, okay, fine. Because right, <laughs> I love food. <laughs> Anytime you put food in front of me, I'll, I'm, like, I'll do whatever. Um but – and it wasn't like my mom, like, wanted me to be a performer. It was really that my parents, like, with anything, it was like, yeah. hey, you should try knitting. You should try this. Like, they cool. encouraged me to try everything. So I did – I mean, I pretty much did every sport as well. So karate is my main one. But I did fencing and cheerleading and, you know. So my parents so were just very great and encouraged me to try everything. There's there's great value in that with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's that's just awesome. Do you remember the first actual play you did? The first actual like play or performance that you um, did in front of a large group where you where you thought this is it. Oh, I think first performance that I remember. <laughs> I remember that we did this song. It was like a little Broadway review, and we did this song called "Bushel and a Peck" from Guys and Dolls. Yeah, sure. It's actually one of my favorite musicals. But I got one of the solos, and I remember like I practiced <laughs> so much because I was terrified. And I'm on the stage and I'm about to walk up to do my solo. And the chick next to me, like, stands in front of me and sings my solo. What? She, like, yells over me. No. And I was so sad. <laughs> I was already really nervous and I had practiced the heck out of that thing. Oh, that's unacceptable. So that, that was my first performance. <laughs> How funny. What a yeah. funny memory. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be a performer. No, that's, I, that terrified me. So it took a while before I actually got into it. But so, so you pretty much then just got into performing just to spite this other girl. Yeah, a little bit. Just in her face. Like, just Forget watch it. me. Yeah, what do you think now? Yeah. Now you're not going to step in front <laughs> of me. I'll be in New York one day. Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. And then did you do a lot of theater before you got into film? Um, actually, yeah, I did quite a bit of theater and just like, you know, locally. And then I even, you know, got to be a part of like, I mean, ensemble, but up in a show at New York with, you know, Jason Robert Brown, who's a big composer there. Um, In New York? Yeah, at the Avery Fisher Hall. How did that come together? Um, That was through um, a performing group that I was a part of got like sought out and selected to come out. And so that was like Mm. super cool to like work with like these Broadway stars. Oh, that must have been amazing. How old were you when that was going on? (laughs) 
I think it was like 17 at the time. Incredible. So about a senior on there. What a but tremendous experience. Yeah. What did you think of New York? It, oh, I love it. Yeah. I really love it. It's an incredible I was, city. I was like worried because I was so hyped up for it that, oh man, you know, it's not going to be as cool as everyone says it was, but it so was. It was amazing. Just yeah. like when you first walk out in Times Square, it's, it's just massive. It's huge. Yeah, you can't overstate New York. I've been there many, many times and every time. It just blows me away. Yeah. And they have pizza for 30 cents as well. So I was like, I'm I've never seen 30 cent pizza. I've seen the big slices. Oh, no. I've never seen the, the 30 cent pizza. Yeah. It's kind of sketchy. Maybe don't go there. Yeah. But it was cheap. <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine uh, introduced me. He's from New York. He introduced me to what he calls the dirty water dogs, Ooh. which is the hot dog vendors on the corner. Oh. Where they've got the the hot dogs sitting in the thing of of water, I said. Now that you've called it that, I can no longer ever ever have a hot dog in New yeah, York. Yeah, not, yeah. I never got. I got a pretzel, I think, and like a yeah. gyro, a gyro. <laughs> yeah, a, but I don't a really gyro? Wanna, yeah. gyro? <laughs> a gyro. I don't want to know what's in it though. <laughs> yeah, good. That's good stuff. So, um, but then at some point you made a transition over into. I guess did you know? I've got to keep keeping in mind that you're. 20 now yes. so this is all pretty compact just in the last few years yeah it See, is when i was when i was coming into entertainment no youtube no internet no, no. any of that stuff. i'm so sorry so you kind of had a lot of tools at your disposal that <laughs> mm-hmm. that i didn't and that people my age didn't yeah um so what was the transition what was the next step you're doing theater you're you're kind of realizing hey i, I kind of dig this performing thing what was the next step to outside? Was it YouTube or was it film? Was it where did you go? Um, YouTube didn't come till after film. It was really like I I like like theater all the way hardcore theater kid, and then I kind of like accidentally got into film, and it was kind of like how do you accident? Did you walk on set? <laughs> Well, no, it was just like, yeah, I know, I just showed up and I was like, put me in your movie. (laughs) No, I was, I was performing and then that was kind of, you know, some casting directors, you know, saw me and people would just be like, hey, uh, come, you know, be in this or audition for this. And, you know, my first thing I did was um, this Mormon message that like ended up going viral. And I at the time, like, didn't even know, like how a camera worked in movies or what crafty <laughs> meant. And I was just like, and then all of a sudden it goes viral and I'm just like, I, whoa, okay. And for, like, for our listeners not in film, crafty is craft services. I thought it was it's- a scrapbooking table. <laughs> I literally did. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I go, I get on set. It was like my first time on set. And the lady is like, story ever. and like, Ben, who who uh, was there, he was like, oh, and Crafty's just down the hall and to your left. And I was like, what the heck? And I loved scrapbooking at the time. So I'm like running down. And then it was food. And I was so confused. <laughs> like, these are Twinkies. This is not glue and paper. So it was... I, li- I was like, man, they got crafty. Like, am I sitting around Yeah, they call much? it a craft like- table. So when, you, when you're on set and you're filming, they have craft services. Uh, when you're on set, all the actors just call it crafty, yeah. but the, but then it's referred to as the craft table. Yes, yeah, so I don't know why it's crafts. I've never actually crafts. thought about that. That would be fun. That would actually make that would make being on set a lot more fun. Days yeah, on set are long. It's true. And if there was a craft table, next time I'm on set, I'm going to demand an actual craft table. Put I it want, in my contract. I want scrapbooking. That's what I want <laughs> now. Stat. <laughs> Where's my cricket? <laughs> yes, that is really funny. So yeah, your your Mormon message 
got huge. Like it's like it just the blew most viewed one. Is that the first thing you ever did on film? I'm I'm trying to think. I think it. Like I did, I kind of did a bunch of stuff with the church at once. How how did but you like, end I up? I think that was the first one. How did you end up getting that that Mormon message? Well, that was that was like I met the casting director initially. He came to my talent show, and then like I met him afterwards, and like did a theater thing, and then he was like, "Hey, you should come audition to be <laughs> Mean Girl." And so I auditioned to go be a mean girl, and then I get called back for the mean girl, and I'm thinking, yo, like, I'm, I'm going to play I'm this mean, mean girl. girl, and, you know, I'm reading for it, and, like, I even helped him out with auditions a little bit as their guinea pig, and mm. so, you know, and so they were, like, guinea pigging me as, like, the bullied girl because they were trying to figure out how they wanted to audition the bullied girl since she didn't have lines, and um, so I was just, like helping him out i was thinking like okay like i'm gonna be the mean girl cool and then all of a sudden later on they call me and they're like hey do you want to be bullied (laughs) it's like what (laughs) and they're like do you want to be the bullied girl and i was like yes but it was much more sympathetic character so tell us what's the plot behind this uh this particular mormon ad this um i mean man it was a while ago but like um essentially it follows you see this guy at a high school, um, and he's kind of like a cool jock, and he's got his buddies, he's got his yeah. team, and um, there's this girl in the school that him and his friends especially like to pick on, and that's me. Yeah. And they kind of bring in this element, and this was kind of like, this was a couple years ago, so this was newer at the time of like the cyberbullying. Yeah. And so they take a picture of me, and they spread this meme of me that's just like this really unflattering picture, and they spread it around the school. They start taping it up. Yeah, on, on my walls, locker. And they're, they're all looking at it and laughing at you as you walk mm-hmm. by. I hate that ad. I, n- it, I actually... It, it upsets me, <laughs> honestly. It, that's good. Because we've all been bullied, right? Mm-hmm. And so... I remember the first time I watched it being so upset because you were crying. Yeah. And I was so upset for you. <laughs> yeah. That's how you're supposed to, I promise it wasn't real. But um but I mean the that like unfortunately that that the video wasn't real, but that stuff happens all it the time. Happens all the time. And it's it so sucks. <laughs> Yeah. And um, so they bully my character, but then what the turnaround happens is that this main character um, played by my friend Colby, he sees that his little sister is getting bullied. Mm. And that's when it kind of hits him. Yeah. That this really affects people and how you treat them. And that that's such when a touching moment. I, I love that. I yeah. think it's so sweet when it's yeah. kind of like, oh, crap. Um, like this, what I've been doing, you know, that's, yeah. it's kind of been played off like, oh, it's whatever. We're just having yeah, fun. Yeah, he had been but... doing it. But then when he sees his, it's happening to his sister. Yeah. And then he comes and apologizes to me. And that's kind of the... The turnaround. So this was while you were still in high school. Yes. Yes. And so did all the other kids in school, like, did they, did everybody know? Was everybody coming up to you asking yeah. you about it? It was, it was like, like, it was funny because after it came out, like, I, I, I was getting bombarded with messages just on the internet the day it came out. So I knew like, and you know, it was in the newspaper and like people are sharing stuff. So like, I knew I was, I was actually a janitor at my school. Fun fact, oh, I was cool. I worked multiple jobs because I was paying for all of my performing oh, arts awesome. classes. So I'd get up at like four or five in the morning and go clean the toilets mm. at my school. 
And I was there, like, you know, just, like, with my mop and broom and my little toilet scrub brush. And it's super – it's a super funny picture because, like, they're all watching me in this video while I'm, like, cleaning toilets. And they're all coming up to me. And, like, like it seems more glamorous than it was at the time because I just barely started in that. So Oh, that's cool, though. Yeah. It it really is. That is is probably my favorite of the Mormon messages because it really – it rips you. I mean – and and you can still see the Mormon messages at uh, is it at Mormon.org, I think is where all the Mormon um, messages are. I think are. it's Mormon Channel. Oh yeah, the I Mormon think, Channel. Yeah, on, I think it's the Mormon on, uh, Channel. Mormon Channel on YouTube for sure. Mm-hmm. So there. so that gives you then suddenly you realize, hey, I'm pretty good at this. I got <laughs> or, this going. Or I'm really good at faking it either way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all acting is though. Yeah, it's acting true. Is faking it. So <laughs> you're just like so you're good at it. So you're good me. at acting. You got yeah. this. Um, what was the next project you worked on? Um, I mean, uh, it was like a myriad of things, you know, like I did a mutual music video and then I was on the cover of New Era and then like... Yeah, that was a big deal too. You were on the cover of the New Era. Yeah. And we have uh, a few listeners who are not members of our church. The New Era is a monthly magazine for teenagers that's put out and i mean just about every teenager in the world (laughs) looks at the new era and so you're on the front Uh on a dating episode or a dating copy i hadn't even been on a date yet and i was old (laughs) enough and that's the funny thing it's like i'm on this cover of a magazine but like i like was still like a like a little scared of boys and i'd never been on a date you had never been on a date yet you're the cover girl for dating i know (laughs) That is really How weird. funny. That is funny. Do you still have you still have issues of it? Yeah, I, we we actually ha- I think have one framed. We oh, haven't hung awesome. it up anywhere, but and it was actually crazy because I like went to EFY that year too, and they also put the cover on like the cover of the EFY pamphlet for that year. <laughs> oh no! So I go to EFY and it's like. It was crazy. Like, I couldn't go to the bathroom. I couldn't go anywhere because everyone's, like, staring at... It was like the bullying video, but, like, in a positive way that everyone was looking at my picture and they were all, like, talking about me. But, like... I, like, I was having people ask me for signatures while I'm in the bathroom, which is kind of weird. But so it was just like a lot of things at once. It was. So the bigger the bigger question is, it's the dating issue that you're on the cover of. Did you get asked out because of it? Um, uh, If anything, it was like I would have guys like guys were scared of me. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> like, it'd be like. uh, because I was very, you know, confident and career driven. And, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't at all like flirtatious. Yeah. And especially growing up in like my karate background, I was very much like, I'm tough. Like I'm one of the dudes, whatever, you know, like we'll punch each other, you know? And so I think guys were just like either, either they weren't interested and I'm just flattering myself or they were just like. Maybe intimidated. Yeah. Well, they, they tell me like, like, months later, you know, after, like, you know, it, it was too late to ask me out. They're like, oh, yeah, I was going to ask you out, but then I totally chickened out because you're blah, 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 blah. But, like, I was just too scared. Because you're the dating cover girl. I can't ask out the dating <laughs> That's cover girl. That's what they girl. say. And then everyone says that, and then you don't get asked out. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That's no. so funny. And yeah. then and then was, what was the first actual full production, full film you did? Um, like, uh, well, I think really, so after that, like I'd done like a lot of more messages or like commercials and stuff like that. 
But then I think my biggest thing after that was Saturday's Warrior. Mm. I'm so glad we're going to talk about Saturday's Warrior. Yeah. Finish, finishing up before we jump into Saturday's Warrior, what you just said about doing all this church stuff, that that may continue for you because you're still acting and everything. Yes, I and hope I so. have a few friends who do a lot of church stuff, and you start to notice them in different... Do you, do you know Joel Bishop? That sounds super he's familiar, a, probably. He's an actor. He's a good friend of mine. But it's funny because when you get to know people, these are real people, you know. Uh-huh. But I've seen twice now Joel with families other than his own. <laughs> and you're like, And what? I know who his family is, and it just cracks me up <laughs> Does every Does she time. know? <laughs> yeah, it's really funny to oh. see. But uh, but that's it's great work. So how did you end up being in Saturday's Warrior? This was the audition process for this. Man. Um, I, I like didn't, I didn't have an agency or anything. So it's like, I was doing all this film stuff, but I didn't have an agency and a lot of it was just me kind of winging stuff and being like, I don't know, Mm. I'm just going to work really hard and (laughs) I don't really understand the film world, but I'm just going to work hard. And that was kind of my ethic. That is awesome. (laughs) Um, but I had a vocal teacher that I'd work with recommended me to the Diaz Avedos, who, mm. you know, composed it and Lex yeah, Diaz Avedo. And produced it and everything. Mm-hmm. And so he, I was recommended to them. And then they contacted me and they're like, hey, um, do you want to send us an audition? And I was like in Orlando at the time. I was in Florida. And I like didn't get the message. I didn't have very good connection out there or something. So my mom just like sent in a random video of me singing some jazz song. I don't even know. Like wow. not related to like they wanted me to read the script, but she just like sent a video that I had. Um, and then they called me in and they're like, we want you to audition for Julie and Pam. And so I go in and I've got like my script memorized and I go and I read for both of them. And it was it was pretty clear from like the beginning, like they were like, you're more of a Julie. <laughs> you're definitely more of a Julie. Yeah. <laughs> so then they were like, yeah, scratch the whole Pam awesome. thing. They they tried me out for Pam for a little bit, but it, I even I too was like, ah, I, I'm feeling Julie yeah. a little more. Um, but they had me going and read and like sing and then and then after that they call me back in again and then I read again and I read with different actors and then I sang different songs and then. They called me in again, and I'm doing the whole process again. And this was over the course of, I think, from spring to, like, fall. So you had to have thought at some point, oh, I just didn't get it. Oh, this well, yeah. So I'm long. just like, they're, I don't even know if they're going to make this thing, or they're, like, yeah. just using me, like, as a guinea pig, and they really, mm. like, got some other chick <laughs> they want to cast. And so I, I was just like, I, I actually really, the auditions were super fun. Like, you have to learn to love auditioning as an actress. Yeah. But it was a little bit painful because I was like, I'm like investing so much into this character that if I don't get it, it's going to really be a letdown. (laughs) And then eventually, like, you know, like come. Oh, it was my birthday. I came up on my birthday and this was the last callback I had. It was on my birthday. And I, I didn't really have a birthday that year because I had a performance I think I had two performances right after that. So that was my whole birthday was callback and performances. Mm -hmm. And I get there and I just turned 18 and I do the reading again. And at this point, I'm like, I just like got to tell him like, I was almost thinking if you're just let me know if I'm cast or not. I keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the next day they call me and they're like, can you come in for a talk? And I was like, "Uh, uh, they're probably going to like let me down easy or something. Yeah. 
give me a talk. Just, I'm like, that sounded really scary. That's, a, that's an odd way to say it. Can you come in for a talk? Yeah, I feel like I was in trouble. Like, okay. Yeah. So I come in and I'm thinking, man, they're just going to be like, I'm so sorry you didn't get the role of Julie, but, mm. you know, you're really talented, but you didn't get it. <laughs> and But I go in there and then they're like, you're Julie. And so it ended up oh, that's being awesome. okay. But man, how was, was how What was the process like shooting Saturday's Warrior? This, okay. Like, I don't just say this. This is honest to goodness truth. Like, this was the most amazing film crew and cast ever. Yeah. And I, I don't think it was just, like, I mean, the people were all amazing, but I think it was because everyone on the set made an effort to come together and just be a family. Because, I yeah. mean, we were all, we we're you know, different, not everyone was Mormon, all different backgrounds, religion, no religion, you know, whatever it was, um, yeah. that didn't matter. They put together the most talented cast. We had, uh, two weeks ago, we had Clint Pulver sitting in that Clint! very... Very chair, yeah, and he, he talked man. about what a what a family everybody is. Uh, how fun was it shooting with Clint? So okay, he's just like a hoot. He was one of the guys I read with. He's and so I, funny. At the audition, I was like, they they better cast him because he was like, yeah. like all of the people were great, of course, but like he well, just they, they, they cast had to cast him because he had it on his bucket list. I know he had to be in a movie, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's how he got the movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's like never been in a movie before. What the <laughs> heck? He just waltzes in yeah. there and is professional. So and Julie's a very emotional role. Uh, yes, I mean there was you had to show a lot of range of emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because there's kind of the the central guy in the in the show, your brother. Yes, in the movie, Jimmy. Jimmy, hey Jimmy, whoa <laughs> yep. Jimmy, and <laughs> don't listen and, to uh, him. And so you've got you've got Jimmy, and it's his journey. Mm-hmm. But you go through this these crazy emotions, waiting to meet this other guy. Yeah, and you've got Elder Kessler out, and all these other things. Was it hard to kind of find all those emotions, being a kind of new to film, or did it come pretty easily for you? Like, did you get Julie? Just hey, I know, I know Julie. Um, I you know it was really interesting actually. Um, I mean with. With film, the acting is different, but I did, since I did theater so much, I did have an acting background. It was more like adjusting to the subtlety of film. But as far as her character, it was it was really funny to play because at that point, I mean, I just turned 18 and Julie's like dating all these guys. And I'm like, I haven't even had my first kiss yet. Mm. And my <laughs> first kiss was in the movie. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that kiss that you see that no I have way. in the pre-existence, I have this scene with yes. the guy who I eventually end up with after right. I go through a couple guys. Um, that was my first, and it wasn't even the script. I didn't even know. That the was director first kiss. planted it on me. So I was like, I, I'm in the middle of this field. They've got a drone camera flying above <laughs> me. And the director comes out and is like, oh, so uh, I think we're going to do a kiss in this one. And I was like, what? it said we were holding hands. <laughs> And, and so I, like, go red. And then Mason, my co-star, looks over at me like, what what's wrong? Yeah. And I'm just like, I I mean, I was like, I'll do the kiss, but I'm just telling you, I've never done it before, so I don't know if it'll look any good. Oh, my gosh. That is adorable. That and, is so funny. And so the, so the director's just like, we cast a romantic ingenue lead who has never kissed anyone. That is awesome. Whoops. <laughs> 
Um, that is really so, adorable. Yeah, so that was my first kiss ever, and it was in front of everyone and their mom. So someday when your daughters say, Mom, tell us about your first kiss, you can just say, well, actually, let's just watch it. I know. Really, though. We'll like, put in the DVD. Here we can, go. You can see the kiss. We're like, what's a DVD? <laughs> That's right. That is what your kids are going to say. Yeah. What on earth is a DVD? Oh, that is the greatest story, Monica. That's but, so funny. But, but it was um, a great experience. It, it ended up being a great film. At first, I was like, well, they're keeping it in the 70s. That was surprising to me. I and, I actually with that I I a really good analogy the director Michael Buster gave me was um to change the time of Saturday's Warrior to put it in current day would yeah. be like taking hairspray and putting exactly. it in I 2017 because it, it especially with Mason the, the guy you end up with mm-hmm. his story would not make sense now no you know no. That, that was a time of wandering um side note you mentioned Michael Buster who's just yes. a remarkably talented director yes he is 20, uh, I don't know, 25 years ago, something like that, 20 some odd years ago, I was in the Garens comedy troupe with a very talented actor named Dallin Getling. Uh-huh. Uh, we were in the Garens. We used to go hang out at his apartment at BYU with him and his roommate, <gasps> Michael Buster. <laughs> oh, so my gosh. I used to hang out with Michael 20 some odd years ago. So Small world. It is. It is so much. So you did Saturday's Warrior. That rocketed you. I mean, you, these were a lot of big things. So that rockets you kind of into mm-hmm. the, you know, kind of being a big deal. Was Tim Timmerman kind of the next film you worked on? Tim, uh, Tim Timmerman, I'm trying to think, actually was actually um, before, was oh, really? filmed before. It came out oh. afterwards. So that's actually really funny because a lot of people ask me about Tim Timmerman. But what ended up happening was, like, I think pretty much all the scenes I was in were cut. <laughs> oh, really? See, I haven't seen Tim Timmerman. Yeah. <laughs> the, the movie's called Tim Timmerman, Hope of America. I remember mm-hmm. when it came out. But it came out quite a bit after. Yes, it came out quite, quite a, bit a while after. after. So, yeah. But so, your scenes are not left in it. But, yeah, most of I'm trying to think. Well, I haven't even actually been able to see the most recent <laughs> one. I, I went to the premiere um, for, like, the red carpet. But then I had to go before the film actually started because I had to go film for a different project. Um, but the, the latest cut that I saw of it was they had to cut a bunch of stuff Mm. to like, um, go with VidAngel's rules or something. So, um, not that it was like anything crazy. It really wasn't. So I was really surprised because I was like, what, what could they cut out of that? But, um. Isn't that depressing when you find out that you've done all this work and then it turns out (laughs) that you're. (laughs) <laughs> you cut down. Oh, yeah. That's, that's hard. That's hard to take. But it was a really good movie regardless. So, well, so also on the theme of video and film, mm-hmm. you have got the most awesome YouTube channel. Oh, and thank you. I'm going to tell all of our listeners to check it out. Subscribe. If you just, you can subscribe. <laughs> if you just uh, type in Monica Moore Smith, you can uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You have got some major production value stuff. Yeah. So you did uh, City of Stars. Yes. That is the coolest video. Thank you. That must have taken forever to film because you've got tons of different costumes. Like there are tons of costume changes. Yeah, there's it. multiple costume yeah. changes. And so, but it was awesome. Like, Thank you. So, so um, City of Stars is from the movie. Uh, La La Land. La La Land. Which One of my favorites. Such a good movie. Um, so La La Land. And what, what made you decide to do that? What is the background on that video? I actually, I 
Love, love, love. That is one of my top three favorite movies, La La Land. And yeah. so even before the film came out, um, the – oh, my gosh. I'm forgetting the names of the composers. But mm, the composers – I'm totally spacing their names. But I loved a lot of the work they had done. Mm. They've done stuff in musical theater. So I heard they were making a movie – um, from these musical theater composers. So once they, they released the track before the movie came out, they released the La La Land song. So once I heard that, I was like, I'm, I got to make a cover I'm of in. this. So yeah. even before I saw the movie, I was like, this this is amazing. I got to do something with it. It is awesome. It is really, I love that song. Mm-hmm. And then I think you give such a good treatment to it. Like it's, Thank you. You're going to pay homage to the film, but you make it very much your own. Yeah. Which is, which is really cool. Um the project that I saw even before we talked about you coming on the show that I was so impressed with and that I really want to hear the uh, the background on is uh, this uh, – gosh, I've, I've – who are you? Mm-hmm. You did this song, Who Are You, mixed with I Am a Child of God, and yeah. the video for it is just incredible. Tell us about this project. This is – definitely very like near and dear to my heart and it was one of those projects that i knew you know it might not because it's not like a current trending song and it's mm. you know sometimes with religious stuff it it might not do as well what, but what is the song who are you who originally um, did it it's 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 actually who you are by oh, jesse j but I kind of retitled mine, Who Are You, a little bit. Who are bit. you? Yeah. Um, but it's a song by Jessie J. She's a British artist. Mm. Um, and then I took I'm a Child of God with it and meshed it. And the reason being, kind of where it all started was I see all of these, especially nowadays, we've got these female empowerment songs. We've got all these songs about trying to build up um, women. I mean, men too, but specifically the, you know, targeted towards women a lot of the time. Um, and a lot of it's, yeah, you know, because I mean, you know, I went to junior high. It's insecurity is a real thing that everyone, no matter what oh, age yeah. goes through, especially in this industry. It's like, it's really hard. And I, and, and I will just say women more than men, not because of anything other than because of quite often how women are treated by men. Mm hmm. And I think that there's a lot of insecurity issues. I think there's a lot of kind of where do I fit in in all of yeah. this and am I enough and am I good enough and that women judge themselves and sometimes men judge women differently than men judge themselves or mm-hmm. than men judge other women. Yeah. Or, sorry. Other that rather than men judge other men. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, I see all of these, you know, all these people making videos about it and blog posts and and we're still kind of in the air about that. And we still haven't really come up with, like, a solution to having this insecurity. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it is something that can be eradicated, maybe. But something I learned on the set of the bullying video was actually really interesting. Because when I showed up on set, um, I got there before anyone else. And they dressed me in the wardrobe of the character Melissa mm. in a way that they thought would – you know, not be trendy. Yeah. And so I would look a little more, you know, maybe homely than I do or just how, you know, they thought the character would look. Um, And when I got there, they've got a whole school full of kids in the cafeteria. And these are all people, you know, they've hired to come be extras. But they don't actually – the ones that I talked to did not know the plot of the 
the video at all. And yeah. they didn't really know what was going on. They just knew they were being extras. And so I go into the cafeteria and, like, people wouldn't talk to me. Really? And, like, people were looking at me weird. And the one person that would talk to me was, like, Ruben, who was who I already knew because he knew what was going on. And so I just, like, sat, like, with one person at a table during wow. the breakfast or lunch or whatever because, like, I like they didn't know. I was like, we're on the set of a bowling video, but I'm getting the same kind You're of treatment. Ignored. Yeah. So I, I, that experience kind of made me go, holy cow, just the day before, um, someone had stopped me because they thought I looked like Taylor Swift or something and they got my picture. And like, <laughs> you know, that kind of makes you feel like a little bit cool, right? Yeah. And then this next day, I'm the same exact person. The right. only thing that has changed is the surface, and I'm getting completely different treatment. Wow. And I thought, man, I – and it, it kind of made me feel bad, but I'm like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. I'm the same person, but I've been placing my worth on something that is so artificial and so changeable and doesn't last. And I thought, okay, well, that's not working. Placing my worth on that is not working yeah. for me. And it made me really re reevaluate. And so I've been seeing all these songs – and, like, I kind of based mine a little bit off of Colby Calais video, Try. And what happens is you have all these women and they take, all, take their makeup off and it's just them with no makeup. And, you know, a lot of these songs will talk about, you know, you're beautiful the way you are and, like, skinny or curvy or tall or short. But I think, again, when we say that, it's still placing your worth on the physical. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's in good it's you know it's with good intention but we're saying you can still be happy because how you look physically is beautiful. Instead oh, of saying Interesting. I heard the song Jesse J's Who You Are and she says who you are who you are who you are. And I heard that and I felt like it made me think okay who am I? Yeah. The song didn't really answer it and I thought I'm a child of God. Mm. That's where Beautiful. I get my worth. It doesn't matter if whether me being curvy or skinny or acne or no acne is beautiful or not, I'm a child of God and nothing can change that. And therefore, my worth is inherent and infinite. Gosh, I love that. That is awesome. So you you recorded this song and it is so beautiful. Thank it you. Is, I mean, every listener, if you take one thing away from this, go watch that video because it'll change your mind. It'll change your life. I actually watched it. Uh, one night and then immediately showed it to my wife and I had goosebumps. Oh. It's just, it's just beautiful. Tell us who's in the video. Okay. So I'm hoping you don't forget anyone. No, you don't need to tell us um, everybody, but a couple of highlights. Okay. There so are some people that some, that some of our listeners may know. Al Fox is actually the first person who I contacted for this video. And she, if you guys know, she is kind of known as like the tattooed mormon yeah she's um, a big speaker writer mm -hmm. very well-known mormon personality she just actually just came out with a new book that's like on marriage which is great which i actually read which i love but um we had been talking over the internet for the longest time because we both followed each other and i'd been thinking okay we really wanted to collaborate somehow but she's not a singer and so we we're trying to figure yeah. out how do we how do we collaborate um, and then once I thought of the idea of this video, she was the first person I went to and I showed her just like a very rough cut of the song 
and she loved it. And that kind of gave me like the confidence of like, okay, this is, this could be something really good. Awesome. Yeah. She's great in it. And it's close up shots of women without makeup makeup or anything else. And they are all lip syncing to your singing. Mm -hmm. And then they start singing this, I am a child of God. And you can just see the light in their faces. And it's a moving video. It's something everyone should watch. And it's it's gotten quite a bit of attention. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people have seen it and and uh, it's done very well on social and everything else. It's just yeah. been great. You did such a great job with that. Thank you. And I would, I would especially recommend maybe for a family home evening mm-hmm. or if you are a young men, young women's instructor, maybe yeah, using it. Yeah, it doesn't just apply to women. Yeah, like. no, for sure no. But, but also it's a good message for young men to see about women also mm-hmm. is to say, where are you as young men or men generally, yeah. men 50 years old, 80 years old, whatever, where are you as men assigning value to women? I just, exactly. it, it's really beautiful. You have this great way of taking something modern <laughs> and something classic and kind of mixing it. Um, your video with Colby Farron yes. was so cool. It's kind of a hip hop meets classic uh i need the every hour how did Mm -hmm. that come together that came together because um one of my things is i i know that the spirit speaks to people in different ways um just like we have different love languages i think the spirit's kind of the same way absolutely feel it differently absolutely it is and i for me personally like i love hymns but like when I feel the spirit the strongest is when I'm singing this little light of mine and I'm, yeah. you know, like just full voice and when <laughs> I'm really rejoicing or I or even just in more contemporary music terms. So I thought, you know what, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that feels this way. Yeah. And what if I could bring this amazing spirit to people who might not hear it otherwise because they may not necessarily be naturally drawn to music that's from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, what's a hymn that everyone loves that I love? And I found I need thee and I love that. And then I, um, Colby, um, a friend of mine had worked with him and I saw his videos and I hit him up and I was like, hey, would you be interested in like, writing a rap to go with this. Yeah. And so I kind of rehashed um, with Becky, who I work with um, at Fox Fox Studios. We rehashed the I Need These song and just kind of changed it up to fit uh, to fit a little more contemporary feel. And then Colby wrote this whole mm. rap and he came in and did it. And, and the thing so is- It's so great. It is, uh, it is so, so good. Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, and- he, I mean, he's so he's so good with words; it kills yeah. me. But um, I think what's super important is that I think when people hear rap, it's like super scary. Yeah. <laughs> but rap, rap. I mean, really, it's poetry. Um, but it's just a tool. Yeah. It's just a venue. Just like social media is a tool; it can be used for good or it can be used for bad. It's exactly. up to you. Exactly. It's really just a hammer, and you just. just have to decide what nails you're going to hit with it. That's a great way to put it. I think that there are older generations and, and I, as a 45 year old man, am now, I think part of that older generation, (laughs) but there's, there's sort of a, there's, there's a certain way church is done and then Mm -hmm. everything else outside of it. And what, one thing I love that 
millennials have brought to the church is this idea that we're not going to let Satan or we're not going to let darkness or whatever own anything. Yeah. You know, the, the internet is a, a powerful tool. We're going to use it for good. Whereas I think there's some older generations going, stay away from the internet. Yeah. You know, I remember I was in young men's uh, as a, a young men's leader years ago when we were saying, well, you do not bring phones to, to church. We had that rule. You're not allowed to have your phone at church. I remember when that was taboo still. You couldn't. And now there's been this shift of you better have it. Because we're Post not, on social media. Yes. Yeah. And we're going to be looking stuff up and watching the good. And, mm-hmm. and I think you have done such a tremendous job of that. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we listen to – I love listening to James the Mormon. I think he has – James is awesome. He is awesome. And I, I love that there are a lot of LDS artists that are saying, this is what we love, and now we're going to bring the LDS flair to it. Mm-hmm. And you've just done a great job. Uh, there's another video that you have a co-star in that I'm really interested in. Tell us who Justin Packer is. <laughs> I, I was not expecting that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's my fiance. By the way, you just turned red. You know that. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Darn it. I thought I wore enough foundation so you can see it, but apparently I didn't. <laughs> Tell us about yeah. Justin. Justin and I... Uh, well, I swiped right on him uh, this year in January, and then really, yes, he on Tinder, a, he was a Tinder. He was a Tinder date. Wow, you swiped right. I know, and That's I swore awesome. I'd never meet someone online. That is fantastic. But it, honestly, it was. I first got on Tinder as a joke, and then I was like, actually, this is kind of nice because being someone who's very busy and. Um, always sure. working like I, I didn't have time to like go to parties and also a lot of the people at parsey parties I wasn't necessarily vibing yeah. with um so I thought I don't want to date actors I kind of want to date outside of the yeah. world just to kind of like get outside of the industry sometimes and so honestly like tinder was very efficient yeah. <laughs> for that so we swiped right um I didn't respond to his text for a while, <laughs> yeah. and he, I don't know why he stuck through it, because I was a horrible texter, <laughs> and he, like, would, co- he, like, sent me a text and complimented me, and I, like, ignored it. It was, I mean, really, it was just, like, busy, and there's, just, you know, being on yeah. social media, you have a lot of messages, but I still, I still could have been better, um, but he, like, stuck through it, and he, like, chased after me. Um, and our first date was at the MOA, the Museum of Art at BYU. Wow, cool date. And it was actually only like a half an hour because that's all I had time for. I was like, <laughs> okay, I have a show and then I've got a rehearsal and then I've got another show. And he asked I'm me to lunch it in. and I was like, I don't have time for dinner. Yeah, we have 30 minutes to walk around and talk and that's it. <laughs> wow. And that's our first date. And then actually like all the first all of our first dates were just like walking and talking partly just cuz it was like in between classes all I got time for and like he made the best of it and was like just super understanding and actually very supportive of my ambitions and not you know like shied away about it cuz most guys yeah, there would be a lot of guys intimidated by that. Yeah, or even even not just like intimidated but it like would be almost sometimes mean about it where mm. it was like how dare you, you know, not be available 
every second I'm available. And these are guys I'm yeah. not even in relationships yeah. with, where it was like they'd almost be like malicious. But you, so, found, you found the right guy. And can I, I just did. say how good you guys look together? We you have guys, the same hair color. You have the exact – I mean, you guys are this very golden, beautiful just uh, oh, couple. Oh, thank and, you. And, and so your – the proposal – Yes. is a full production YouTube video. And he did it. And he did it. Now, I will confess that Uh-oh. when I pressed play, I went, this whole thing. <laughs> she knows exactly what's about to happen. <laughs> mm. This is all, there's no way. Then I saw the look in your face and the way that you cried. Then he cried. Then yeah. I cried. I'm crying with you guys. <laughs> Everyone's crying. Everybody's crying. I got goosebumps. I watch it again because it was just so beautiful. Oh. It is an awesome video. And that's up on, on Monica's YouTube channel. When, when are you guys getting married? February 3rd. Exactly awesome. a year from the day we met. So Awesome. Well, he's, he seems like a great guy with he one really exception. Is. There is one exception Uh-oh. I have to call out. Oh, no. You guys went through a haunted house. I hate we haunted did. houses. What? Like, I hate being scared. Oh, gosh. Oh, I actually no. hate Halloween. I'm so thrilled when Halloween is over. Are you serious? Oh, I hate it. I like Halloween at Disneyland. That's about as scary as I can handle. <laughs> right? Haunted That's Mansion. It. Haunted Mansion. I love the Haunted Mansion, but otherwise, nothing. Uh, so you guys recorded yourselves going through the worst haunted house. And I can only watch about half yes. of it because I just... Is it, it too much? It's too, too much, much for me. Yeah. Oh, no. But you walked in front of him. He was like using you as a shield. What's I up know. With that? that was unacceptable. I know. That's the whole time. <laughs> Literally, though, here's the thing. I, when it comes to haunted houses, like, this is like the first haunted house that's actually scared me. And I'm not just saying wow. that. Because, like, typically... Every time I go to haunted houses, you know, you have a group date and I'm like the one that walks in front because like nothing scares me. Yeah. And so. This looked awful. I'm yeah. sorry. I have zero It was pretty. They like but, got up in your face with but chainsaws. But they would jump out and he'd hide behind you. That I is, know. That is unacceptable. He's, suppo- he's supposed to lead, right? Well, but uh, but fortu- I don't know. 2017, we're breaking rules. <laughs> through the rest of the videos, you can definitely tell he seems like. Just an awesome guy, and you guys look so great together. Thank so, you. This has been wonderful, Monica. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks I for having me. So thoroughly enjoyed this. You have a, a just a fascinating, just awesome life. Uh, we always end our. Oh well, first of all, if people want to find you, how do people find you? What's the best way for people to follow you? So pretty much every platform. You're going to find me as Monica Moore Smith, just IMED on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm very active on those, on YouTube. I have a Twitter. I don't really use it. Mm, Um, And Moore is M-O-O-R-E. Yes, as in like the name. Yes. Not just like Not Moore, just Moore Smith, if you want, but like... If you want more Monica Moore Smith. <laughs> exactly. Um, so people can follow you all over social media. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to tease? Anything coming up? Um... Oh, so, well, I just released it here, which is kind of a big one. And then there's, uh, there's a, I don't know how much I can say. There's, well, okay, there's a movie that's, um, I'm going to be working on coming soon that's, um, not coming out soon, but I'm going to start working on it, um, hopefully pretty soon that I am really, really, really excited about, but oh, I that's exciting. don't know how much I'm allowed to say we'll about that. We'll keep it under wraps, but we will keep an eye on you on social yes. media and we will follow you. And this, this message you're getting out is just fantastic. So I want to end with the same question we ask all of our guests, which is what does 
being a member of the church mean to you? I like, I think the biggest thing for me, if I were to simplify it, because there's so many aspects of it that I love, but if I have to really just simple, 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 I would say I like who I am more when I'm trying to be like Christ. Hmm. That is beautiful. That is a great way to put the gospel. <laughs> I think we all like who we are a little more when we're trying to be like Christ. Monica, you are really impressive, and uh, you are definitely paving the way of what, what they talk about, magnifying your talents. Oh, you okay. found this beautiful blend of being Mormon and out there about it and having a full other acting career and mm-hmm. singing and everything else. And and uh, we're just so proud to know you and have you as a neighbor and <laughs> and now as <laughs> a friend. And, but you are a, a singer, a dancer, an actor, an emissary of Christ, and a pretty darn awesome Mormon. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. My special thanks to Monica Moore-Smith for joining me for the interview. Is she not just incredible? She is just sunshine. I've got to tell you, when you are with her, you can not help but just be happy. I posted a preview of our video that we shot together that was really cute. Uh, If you get a chance to check out our Facebook page, uh, and she was so just gracious to do this this dumb video idea <laughs> that I had where I was mad at her because her character broke up with Elder Kessler and it was like I couldn't tell the difference between her and her character. It really cute stuff. But I shared it on Facebook and Jason Hewlett, who also was interviewed a few weeks ago, the great and amazingly talented Jason Hewlett, made the comment, she is so darling. And my wife said, you know, that is the word for her. She is just darling and as bright and sunny and fun in person as she came across on the podcast. So thank you, Monica Moore-Smith. We're all big fans now. Uh, It got me thinking a lot this week about uh, media. I I spent some time watching some of... uh, Monica Moore Smith's videos uh, with my wife, and we just so thoroughly enjoyed them. And I love the fact that she's not afraid to put out there that she's a member of the church and what she believes in. And had an interesting opportunity earlier this week. There's a a great group. I've become friends with a a man named Corey Andrews, and Corey and uh, some other men run this group called High Five Live. It's HI5 Live on Facebook, and they do a nightly devotional, 5, 10, 15 minutes, uh, somebody sharing a story, bearing their testimony, something, you know, just spiritual, just a lift for the end of the the evening. Sometimes it's in the afternoon, it can be in the morning. Uh, Jason Hewlett has done it, and Clint Pulver, and and uh, John and Jenny Noonan Dye, and a lot of friends of mine have been on this, and Corey and his friends who run it are often on it too, and They asked me to do it last Monday night. I mentioned it on the last show. And I got on. I don't know why I was nervous. It was a Facebook Live event. Uh, I've never done anything like that. But it was so fun to tell a story about my family in Disneyland. It can still be found up there. And I was just blown away. After a few days, it had had more than 8,000 views. And I thought, what a wonderful blessing to be able to share a cool experience my family had had. It was a neat experience for our family. And 
the comments and 40 or 50 people, something like that, shared it. Some of their videos have more than 100,000 views. I think Jason's had like 30,000 views. If you're going to go back and watch one, watch Jason Hewlett's. It's phenomenal. Uh, Clint Pulver tells his story um, about uh, learning to play drums. There's just always something uplifting and good. But I thought to myself, where and how before the internet age could I have possibly (laughs) connected with 8,000 people? I mean, no way, no chance. And I think there's a tendency sometimes to look at the world and we look at the internet and the internet can be scary. And we look at Facebook and we look at uh, Instagram or YouTube, whatever it is. And we kind of think to ourselves, gosh, what, you know, what do we do? And should we let our kids see stuff there or not? Or, you know, and I'm a parent. I want to lock everything away just to keep everybody safe. But what I'm impressed by are so many of these people who are saying, no, we're going to make great media. We're going to make LDS-focused media. We're going to make clean stuff. I look at what Studio C does, and I look at what like my friend Lincoln Hoppe does. He makes all kinds of cool, clean videos. There are just so many performers, and what Monica Moore-Smith does. And I just love it. And uh, I was so inspired and so enjoyed that. And the podcast has grown so much. Again, I cannot thank you all enough. It's amazing how many listeners that we have now. And it's just tremendous. So uh, one of the things that happened to me this week, for years, we have been talking, my wife and I, about going back into comedy and doing comedy short videos. And I've got all these talented friends. And I woke up on, I think, Wednesday morning and decided today is the day. And that evening I went out and bought a whole bunch of video equipment that I don't really know how to use. And I called up my friend Danny Drysdale, who is just such a talented director and a great LDS guy I grew up with. He's directed videos for The Killers. He's worked with Vanilla Ice with all kinds of cool people um, and said, hey, I've got this idea for a video. He said, I'm in. I'll shoot it. And he is just incredible. I called Michael Berklin and Jeff Burke, who have been on the show, and they said, yeah, we're in. We'll do it. Called some other friends. They were out of town and whatnot. But I also did get a hold of Jason Bringhurst, who I've mentioned on the show before, an old buddy of mine, and John Sheffer, who used to own Johnny B's Comedy Club, very funny guys. And they said, yeah, we're in. And this morning we filmed our first video. So we're launching a YouTube channel and a Facebook page. You'll see more information on that, where we're just going to keep producing short LDS-themed comedy videos. And we hope that you'll enjoy them and share them with your friends. What a great age we live in. And we can look at everything in one of two ways. We can be frightened, and there are plenty of things to do with the internet we should be frightened about. But we can also say, look at what the church is doing. You know, because of um, the internet, how many people get to see Mormon messages and get to see conference and how many positive and inspiring things there are. And I think the main message is we're not going to let them win. We will not let Satan own that portion of media. No, instead, we are going to put things up for the right side and put things up of great and tremendous worth. And so I'm just excited. I feel very motivated this week, and I really appreciate uh, so many content uh, makers who are just doing great things and inspiring all of us. So thank you so much, and thank you to all of you for listening, because if you are not watching and listening to good LDS media, Well, then what the heck are the rest of us going to do? Why are we making it in the first place? So 
Thank you. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me for any reason, I can be reached. Uh, Sean at latterdaylives.com is my email. S-H-A-W-N at latterdaylives.com. For show notes, we will have complete notes at latterdaylives.com. And we've gotten a lot more visitors lately to our website. Thank you so much for going out there. Social media, we can be found on Twitter at Latterday underscore lives on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash Latterday Lives podcast. And on Instagram, we are Latter underscore day underscore lives. That's about it for this week, folks. Got another just great show next week. But until then, please keep in mind, as always, there is a great, big, beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.